0: Welcome to the Eye of Power podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dardick. But this podcast is not about me. It's about you and your power. It's time to claim yours. The Eye of Power is a model that helps us maximize our personal power. What are the contributing factors to our power? What happens when we feel more or less powerful? Power is our proclivity and ability to take effective action. Action requires directed force, and force requires energy. This means that fundamental to our power is the level of our energy. If we want to maximize our power, we must become accomplished stewards of our energy. What contributes to our level of energy? Of course, five of the most major factors are tied to the basics of our physical bodies. Proper optimal levels of sleep, hydration, nutrition, avoidance of degenerative stimulants, and fitness. Slip in these areas and our energy depletes. Get them right, and we're well on our way to abundant energy. But there is further to go, because these are not the only factors. Our mindsets also profoundly contribute or detract from our energy levels. As in the physical realm, there are classic mentalities that we can nurture to maximize our energy. Five such examples that come to mind are stress, clarity, focus, connection, and creativity. There is a habit one we all have in some form or another, at least some of the time, that saps us in all five areas. It's a habit that comes not from our strengths, our uniqueness, but our insecurities and the common human traits we share. What is this pernicious habit? It's the habit of pretending. Pretending is, if not the biggest drain of our energy, it's one of the guiltiest culprits. It takes a lot of energy to pretend, That energy comes at the expense of the other productive and healthy priorities to which it may have more wisely been directed. You may not believe you waste energy pretending. After all, you're an honest, what you see is what you get kind of person, right? But pretending is an insidious foe. It hides. It works best when we don't even know we're doing it. It takes the disciplined work of a lifetime to truly defeat this powerful foe. As with all positive change, progress begins with awareness. We need to look in the mirror, both literal and proverbial. This gives us clarity in our self-conception, imperative for any effort to reduce the energy we waste pretending. But it's not enough. This is not just an internal battle. We're not just up against ourselves. To reduce the energy we bleed pretending, we must contend with social forces, ideals, that at their roots are designed to diminish our power, our energy. Maybe that sounds cryptic to you. I'll explain. Human nature can be understood as a power dynamic. It isn't the only such model, and it doesn't describe the totality of the human experience, but it's sufficiently broad that it's often used that way. It's the basis of Marxist theory, for instance. This poses those who control the means of production against those who are used to profitably exploit those assets. In Marxism, the inherent inequities are forcibly redistributed by some central authority. But let's further clarify what we mean by power. There are two basic categories. Power over ourselves, which is the power we talk about here in the Eye of Power community, and power over others. That's the power of authority, the power to make the rules, To compel others to do as we wish. The ideas that contribute to the habit of pretending are born and serve the second aspect of power. For those who wish to exercise authority over others, especially to force them to do things or behave in ways they don't naturally wish, the first kind of power, personal power, is the biggest force they can encounter. Taken to the extreme, it's impossible to control someone who possesses all of their personal power. For this reason, those who wish to benefit either directly or indirectly from some manner of authority naturally gravitate towards ideals and notions that, for the person who accepts the idea, erode their personal power. And chief among those are notions that induce people to spend their energy pretending. What are examples of such ideas? There are so many, it's beyond the scope of this podcast to give you a comprehensive list. But to better equip you to defend yourself, let's look at one of them that is most commonly and perhaps most effectively deployed today. In a phrase, the ideal can be understood as identity politics. As with all stealth attacks, its true nature is not what it seems at first glance. Under the auspices of protecting minorities or outgroups, identity politics has appeal for compassionate, unsuspecting people, most especially the young. It feels good to band together and support an underdog, people who are vulnerable in some way. But in this happy tune of unity, there is a sour note that far too often goes unheard. For identity politics to have the intended effects, we must abdicate our understanding of ourselves as a unique individual in favor of belonging to this group or that. We're convinced this is necessary because we are being victimized by some nefarious opposing force, often described as hate, bigotry, prejudice, and or exclusion. These dangers play to our deepest fears, as evolutionarily speaking, banishment from the group was equivalent to a death sentence. It's also nefarious because it turns out our strengths against us. The things that make us unique individuals are muted or erased, and our virtues are not measured by our individuality, but by our conformity to the prescribed ideals and behaviors. The ability to think critically is one of the first and most tragic casualties. You know you're in the realm of identity politics when the phrase social justice is used in the conversation. Social justice, as it is manifested in contemporary Western culture, is not about justice. Justice is, by definition, a case-by-case moral play that affects people as individuals. Where there is injustice, it doesn't happen to an amorphous group but to individual people. A justice system deals with specific cases. Even in class action suits, the merits are decided upon tangible damage done to individual participants in the case. When we zoom out to the group, the currency moves away from justice. It turns to power. In this case, it's about conformity to the system and the players within it who currently hold and wish to expand their power. Their efforts have been greatly aided by the advent of social media. It provided an unprecedented channel for projecting and comparing images in a public way. It created a major psychological trap, one that has destroyed countless lives. We view the stories of friends, acquaintances, strangers, and celebrities, and believe they accurately reflect the world around us. They don't. We get caught in a big trap, comparison and we end up with the negative feelings of missing out, not measuring up, and other of the tortures that come from the unwise habit of comparing ourselves to others as a means to measure our happiness. This, along with other forces, creates tremendous emotional pressure. One of the ways we try to alleviate that pressure is to match our perceptions of others. We might try to keep up with the Joneses, or we might go along to get along. We want to belong to our identified group, so we try to comply with those ideals that give us a sense of that belonging. We don't push back if we disagree with something. All of that seems reasonable. I mean, why make waves? Why risk reprisal and rejection from the group? Where we must, we pretend. And we bleed energy. And we give up our power. Which hurts us, but helps those who want us behaving in the prescribed way. I'll put my mouth where my money is. I'll take a risk, maybe make some waves. Maybe some people, in response to what I'm about to assert, will turn away and label me an enemy. To show how far this can be pushed, I'll pick something that, until about five minutes ago, was completely uncontroversial and obvious. Here's the assertion. It's the simple fact that there are two genders. Now, I expect there will be listeners who will label me as a member of the force they perceive opposes them. If this is you, before you go, let me just say that I don't. If you want to build your agency in this world, and do it not at the expense of others, but in support of them, we are allies. I invite you to remain in the conversation. But there will be those upon whose ears my words fall deaf. They hear an expression of pure fact male and female, that's it, as an oppressive attack, an attempt to diminish them in some way. Possessed by an ideology, they are unable to sense the spirit behind my message. I want them to have more power, not less. I want them to be free of the energy drain of pretending. I'm here to help them connect to their true potential and express themselves as only they can. As long as they remain captive to the lies they've been sold, most likely from a very young age, they are not independent agents. Whether they know it or not, they function to serve people in power who have no interest in their freedom, independence, and agency. Quite the opposite, in fact. This is one of the most dramatic examples I can think of to illustrate how pretending limits us. But it's not the only such example of ways we pretend. Marketers are skilled in playing to and profiting by the waves, we deceive ourselves, and this costs us our money, our time, and our peace of mind. But it strikes me as most tragic when it costs us our potential. That's why it's wise to develop the courage and honesty required to take as unbiased, long look at ourselves as we possibly can. It's not easy, but we need not do it alone. That's what we're doing with the Eye of Power. We're actively looking at how we gain and lose our agency. My hope is that you'll do the same. Maybe even with us. Let's go. This has been the Eye of Power podcast with Tom Darvick. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank my brother, Scott Dardick for the music and his music production. If you'd like to reach me, simply email tom at dartikcommunications.com.